This episode of The Legend of Retro is sponsored by Detroit Beard Collective. Dot com, where you can find beards of all shapes and sizes. You can find your collection. Nope, you can find beard supplies such as beard balms, mustache wax, beard elixirs, combs, shampoos, all the tools you need to feed your beard. Not not necessarily purchase collections of beards. Where do I get a beard though? From your own face, typically. Now, you're an unfortunate fellow who who obviously can't grow a beard too well, but if you are a person who has great facial hair, Detroit Beer Collective is the one to help you out. I'll tell you what, I may not be able to grow facial hair, but I sure as hell can appreciate it. That's right. And you know what I can do? What? Spend money. That's right. You go on DetroitBeerCollective.com. If you spend $25 or more, you can use the offer code MCGAMING and get 20% off your order. That's great. That is great. I so, can spend more money on beards that way. Right. Uh, well, what? On beard items. Thank you. That's, I'm scared now. No, don't be. That's, That's okay. So so thank you, Detroit Beer Collective, for sponsoring this episode of The Legend of Retro. Remember, everyone, use the offer code MCGAMING at checkout and receive 20% off your order of $25 or more. And get some beards. Supplies. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's episode of The Legend of Retro Podcast. This is Xander. And Craig WK. And we are here to talk about video games. Precisely. That are old... Not new. Not new at all. Nope. And this week is no exception. It certainly isn't. We're going to go out this evening for pleasure. The night is still young. Except not that exact game. No, close. Castlevania. Aria of Sorrow. Yep. For Game Boy Advance, right? Game Boy, yeah. Game Boy Advance uh, came out uh, back in May, May 6th of 2003. Wow, that long ago. Yeah, been a bit. I... It feels, I feel like it, it feels newer than a lot of the other games mm-hmm. that have been talked about, you know, but it's it's pretty old at this point. So it's the third in the Game Boy Advance Castlevania series, yes? Second or third? Yeah, because you Oh, got, yeah, third. It was third because was, you had... Uh, Circle of the Moon. Harmony of Dissonance. Harmony of Dissonance and then Aria of Sorrow. Aria of Sorrow, yeah. Sorrow, sorry. Well, it's all sad. And it was a, this was the first game that introduced, um, what's his name? Um... It wasn't a Belmont that you played as. It was, what was the main character's name? Soma Cruz. Soma Cruz, yes. He's, so to give you a little bit of insight into this game, so you start and you play as Soma Cruz, who's gone to visit his friend. It's uh, like an eclipse. And suddenly, oh, and uh, as an aside, he's a pretty boy with ghostly white hair. Of course. Uh Uh-huh. And you get summoned forth into this dimension inside a solar eclipse where you find Dracula's castle and you find that you, for some reason, have the power to have dominance over the souls of the creatures within that castle. But Soma's really, really not sure that he's one of the uh, candidates for a uh, reincarnation of Dracula. He he hasn't bought it yet. Right. It's not like he's controlling the souls of the monsters within the castle. No, that's... When was the first time you played Dawn of Sorrow? Dawn of Sorrow or Aria of Sorrow? Aria of Sorrow. Dawn of Sorrow is a sequel. Yeah, the Dawn of Sorrow, which is weird because the name Dawn isn't it. You think that would be yeah. whatever. But uh, I played it uh, years after it came out. Mm-hmm. I, I think I borrowed our buddy Sean's copy. As did I. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> he was like, Craig, you need to play this. And I was like, okay, Castlevania's all right. I, I've played some of the Castlevania games. And at that time, I hadn't played that many. And he was like, no, no. He's like, you control souls in this game. And I was like, yep. do tell. And so I played it and loved it. I I would, I would actually put forth that this is the best Castlevania game. Really? This is my favorite, and I think it might even be the greatest. Better than, see, I, I remember enjoying Ari of Sorrow. Um, and I just, just like you, I played our buddy Sean's copy after it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, uh, I got into uh, Symphony of the Night much later than I should have. Um, and then kind of started going through all these different games. Yeah. And I remember playing Circle of the Moon and enjoying it. And I got Harmony of Dissonance when it came out. And I remember getting stuck and like, bah, dumb, not playing this anymore. <laughs> and then eventually made my way through that. And I think after I played through that, years after that was released, 
uh, getting the itch to keep playing, and then I got <clears throat> Aria of Sorrow, and not too long after that, Dawn of Sorrow came out. Yeah, yeah. But I, I remember, I mean, I played Aria of Sorrow to completion, but I remember Dawn of Sorrow so much more than Aria. I, I think that they're both great games. Yeah. I, I think I prefer Aria of Sorrow just because there's no gimmicky touchscreen stuff. Eh, whatever. You know? It wasn't I, that. I mean, it was gimmicky, yes, but it, it didn't detract from it, the No, game. it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. But, you know, it's stupid and gimmicky. But, uh, <laughs> but in any event, uh, yeah, Aria of Sorrow, I... In fact, I might have borrowed it around the same time you did. Sean might have said, "Hey, yeah. Dawn of Sorrow's coming out." Some You're of those games to tend to, to make make their rounds. Yeah, <laughs> back yeah. in those days, anyway, it, they really did. I feel like, it, especially back then, it was like you know, one of us would get a game, and it was like, "Hey, have you played this?" No, I finished it. Here is your turn. Right. You know. So, for those who aren't, you're really gonna know, have to walk me through because it's been <laughs> yeah. So it's been years. So. The the premise or the premise we've gone through. You you play as a, a young man who's been summoned to this creepy castle, and he has to go through and find out what the heck's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's basically the premise. But uh, for those who aren't familiar with, which I would think most of our listeners are, but you never know. Uh, those who aren't familiar with Castlevania games from this era, they were the uh, Metroidvania games. So yep. you, there's a lot of backtracking. Yep. You know. Uh, you you get power ups like double jumps, and so that means you have to go through the rest of the castle that you've already gone through and find all the places that you could have double jumped earlier, yeah. you know, or sliding or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, uh, it's a platforming action adventure game. It's uh, it's really great. It's made by the guy who, of course, made Symphony of the Night, which is like the most popular Castlevania game. Right. Uh, Koji Iga Igarashi. Uh, as an aside, he's also working on a current uh, new spiritual successor to Symphony of the Night. Bloodstains, uh, Ritual of the Night. Yep. Uh, Deadite's been going on and on about that for quite some time. I, I've purposely kept myself Oh, I'm completely in the it. dark aside from yeah. the title. I, I don't know a lot about it. I know the main character is a girl, and it looks a lot like Symphony of the Night, and it looks awesome. It looks really cool. I, I'm excited, but I you know was burned by Mighty Number... Nine, so I I still defend that game. You shouldn't. <laughs> I will. It was fun. It wasn't eh. what it should have been. I'll give you that. <laughs> you, you gotta give me that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just I'm I'm just always a Inafune uh, apologist, I guess. <laughs> I'm just you know, I'm just glad he's still making games and. Uh, uh, Mighty Gunvolt Burst was a step in the right direction. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that his his like weird side projects that he's just like whatever and throws them out on a whim are what he really should be focusing on. Yeah, he needs to he needs to drop the whole score attack thing and just go for straight up just rip off Mega Man. Just, oh yeah, just do it. Just why not? <laughs> We're all expecting it. Yeah, it's what we want. Or Capcom, just make a friggin' Mega Man game. That would be great too. I I would absolutely be a a fan of that. So, the the whole gimmick of Castlevania: Aria of Sorrow and its sequel, Dawn of Sorrow, is that you collect souls. So rather than get like magic spells, so like you know a, a fireball spell, you'll defeat like an imp monster, and randomly, depending on how lucky you are, you'll it, get its soul. Yeah, you'll get its soul, and its soul becomes yours, and you get to control it, and it uses magic points, and, and it acts like are, an ability. And yeah, there are three different categories for souls, right? Yep. Uh, there's like direct attacks, there's like support, and then there's stat boosting things. Yeah, I remember that. I remember uh, having the big sword that swung over your head in like an arc, <laughs> and shaking down some giant enemies over and over again, just walking through the door and coming back. You'd always have to find a, a room where that enemy was right by the door, yep. walk in, kill it. No soul? Cool. Back and forth. Oh, kill yeah. It. Get a soul? Nope. Cool. Kill it. <laughs> it's it's a little grindy, because in order to get the good ending, you need to have all the souls. Yeah. Every single soul in the game. It's not that hard, but there's a few tricky ones. Yeah. There's one that you need a like a time stop ability for because it moves so fast across the screen. So you activate it, and even then, it's still moving pretty quick across the screen. You have to run and you know kill it real yeah. quick. Uh, so there's there's a, a few tricky points to the the soul collecting, but by and by, it's it's a lot of it's pretty simple. With by going through the game back and forth, you're you're gonna fight all these monsters yeah. over and over anyway. You know. Um. So you had mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and and you're still fairly new. People don't know Craig quite as well as I do. Yes, yeah. Why was it that when our friend said, 
you collect souls. What what about that spoke to you? What the, what kind of weird history do you have with souls? So, for the record, for anybody listening, I'm still in the business. <laughs> I don't want you to think that the offer is not on the table because it is. It's absolutely on the table. Come see me. Chat with me. Send me a direct message. But in any event, so back in high school, I had I think I had loaned I think it was even a friend. I think I'd loaned a friend some money. And they were like, oh, this is great. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you won't be the. I, I can know. buy this pizza slice. Yeah, it was five <laughs> bucks or something. And they were like, I'll pay you back. And I was like, no, 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 no. We, we need to make the. I'm, I'm not going to get my money back if we don't make this official. And they're like, all right, whatever, Craig, you cheapskate. And I was like, no, no. I was like, no interest. I was like, there's no interest. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Instead, I had them sign away their soul to me. Yep. <laughs> and. So they, they, you know, paid me the money back and they got their soul. And so I told everybody, everybody, you know, not even just friends. I let anybody know who wanted to know that if you wanted a favor from Craig, he's more than happy to help you out. You just need to sign away your soul. So there was a. This is inspired by the uh, episode of The Simpsons. Yes. Yes. uh, Heavily inspired by The Simpsons episode. There's a Simpsons episode where. Bart is trying to convince Milhouse that there's no such thing as a soul. So he signs his soul away. And Bart finds that, you know, things aren't what they should be without a soul. Like, like automatic doors don't open for him. Right. He can't breathe. Like, he can't go <sighs> into, like, a window and, like, write things in it. You know, just weird little, like, kid things can't be done without a soul. Right. And he has, like, dreams where, like, in the afterlife he doesn't have a soul because the way Bart views the afterlife is in order to get to heaven, you have to row a boat. Yeah. And you need the two kids side by side in order to row. Like yourself and your soul to yeah, row. Yeah, or you just you just go in a circle and you can't get to heaven. You know, yeah. so and doesn't Millhouse like ride by on a yacht or something like that? <laughs> he he rides in the ro- regular rowboat, but the two souls, Bart's and Millhouse's, are doing all the work oh, that's and he's right. laying back. So it's it's a, a really funny episode. It's a really great episode of The Simpsons. But it was really inspired by that. But there's another thing that I was inspired by, which I'll get to in a moment, because there was somebody who was like, Craig, he's like, I don't want to borrow money. I just want money. And I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and he's like, so so I'm not going to give you the money back, though. And I was like, no. I was like, you don't need to. And he's like, I don't believe in souls. And I said, no, why should you? It's crazy talk. <laughs> I was like, sign the paper. And so the kid's like, all right, yeah. So he signs his soul away. I don't even remember which kid. I, I don't think it was one of my buddies. I think it was like just some random kid. I love like I've known you for years, and I still crack up the thought of high school Craig, like just going no. And why should you like be just the eternal salesman? Like, there's no reason. There was no reason that he should have to pay me back. And so, so I gave him. So he, I gave him like the I don't know five dollars for like a pizza and a cookie or something, and I had his soul. He was he didn't want it anymore. He gave it to me. So like a week later, he came up to me and he's like, Craig, he's like, um, I, I, I kind of need that, that my soul back. He's like, I, I don't really believe in that stuff, but you know, just in case. And I said, Well, I'd be happy to work something out for you. And he's like, Well, I can't just give you the five bucks back. I said, No, 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 that wasn't a part of our contract, friend. <laughs> you had I had given you five dollars permanently. That was it. And I have your soul. And he's like, well, I want it back. I said, and you can. I said, all you need to do is get me 10 of your friend's souls, and I'll give you yours back. And thus began this hilariously weird and creepy, and I admit it was incredibly creepy, system where people would go out and get their friend's souls. They would purposely have their friends sign away their souls and then come back to give them to me. And I would have 10 of their friends' souls. And then what they would do is they would then – those friends would come and be like, uh, my friend gave you my soul, and I want it back. And I'd be like, oh, I'd be happy to. You just need, you know, 10 of your friends' souls. And it got to the point where, like, like it was, like, really weird because, like, the popular it's a girls – soul broker, <laughs> like, in the, in the middle of this random podunk high school, like – this like I think one of my favorite we were, moments. We were not the popular kids by no. any stretch of the imagination. No. <laughs> I was. I I would argue I was probably one of the more unpopular kids. I don't think I, I I had a lot of friends, and I had a lot of friends in different social groups. But generally, I was unlike maybe because I collected souls. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's neither here nor there. Craig. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's, that, that's different. So it's so basically the. 
one of my favorite moments is this really popular girl. She was like maybe one of the cheerleaders or something. I don't remember what. She walked up to me in this class and like, and everyone's like, "Well, why is she talking to Craig? Like Craig, Craig, and she doesn't talk to Craig." <laughs> and she's like, "Craig, I." Uh, I, I was only able to get seven of my friend's souls. Can I still have my soul back? And I was like, ah, you know, I'm really sorry, but uh, you need three more. But I tell you what, let me put you in the right direction. I was like, I think that guy over there really likes you. I bet he'd be willing to give his soul up. <laughs> and so I was this ruthless monster. And I actually coincidentally still have a lot of them. Uh, they're, they're on like folded up pieces of paper in yeah, my just, room, just like the Simpsons. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and I I had given you mine at one point. I don't remember why. I you probably wanted I, to borrow money yeah, for lunch or something, something. Dumb, or yeah. just like just buying into the hype. Like, oh no, you can have mine. <laughs> and then I just eventually got you souls and uh, got it back. And just like in the, the Simpsons episode, I had to swallow it and eat it. Uh huh. Yep. In order to, and that's what I told everybody. And everyone was like, I don't know if I want this. I was like, listen, if you want to get your soul back in your body after the contract, you have to swallow the paper. Yep. I didn't, and it, I neglected to mention that it was in my wallet for, you know, last yeah. like week, but you know, we'll, we'll ignore that fact. But I, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I think the reason why that game really called out to me and the fact that Sean pitched it to me as such was the fact that you collect souls. And I, I felt a strong connection with that. Yeah. There was one last aside of, of the soul collecting uh-huh. is I remember our senior year of high school, you printed out these nice fancy contracts. <laughs> you wanted our principal soul more I than did. anything. You I had his did. picture on it and everything, and he had to be aware of it. You couldn't get a signature, just a signature, and say, "Hey, I got a soul." Oh yeah, he no. had to be fully aware. He had to read this whole sheet of paper. <laughs> you you needed you needed to know the contract. It, it's unscrupulous to not know what you're getting into with these right. deals. It's it's incredibly wrong. I need them to know <laughs> that they're giving me their soul. I needed to know. I needed them to know. And this uh-huh. is why in the Bionic Commando episode, when I had to find the main villain guy <laughs> to do the voice, the only person I had in mind the entire time I was writing was Craig. I I don't know what to and say. Not to say there's anything villainous <laughs> about collecting souls or anything. No. But just the, the way the you can just quickly just drop into that deep voice and be so convincing about the things. Like, it's just, it's perfect. I appreciate that. No problem. <laughs> It really means a lot to me. So if you would like to give up your soul to the glorious Emperor Creek. <laughs> by all means, reach out to me. Yes. I, I, I'm willing to work out deals. I know a lot of you listeners are looking for really rare games. <laughs> and, you know, I think I might be able to help you find them <laughs> for a price. A very, very small price. So Castlevania Ari of Sorrow. Yeah. It's Castlevania Ari of Sorrow. Uh, as a uh, completely different subject to quickly derail what we were just talking about, I really enjoyed the music. It was done by the same person who did the Symphony of the Night soundtrack, mm-hmm. uh, Michiru Yamane, yep. along with uh, Takashi Yoshida and uh, Soshiro Hokai, who I they contributed, but I don't know how much. I know mm-hmm. she was the primary one. Yeah, and the Symphony of the Night. I mean, just all Castlevania's... Soundtracks are phenomenal. Oh, it's great. It's that gothic kind of spooky, old-timey, you know, soundtrack, which, as an aside, and maybe you forgot, but this game takes place in 2035. Oh, yeah, I did forget about that. Yeah, it takes place in the future. But what's odd is they... They, they you know, the artist and stuff, you know, was like, yeah, I tried to take it, you know, in a futuristic direction. It doesn't... No. It just no, feels like it, Castlevania. It's modern. It's it yeah. just looks like a modern Castlevania. Yeah. Which there's a little bit yeah. where you're walking around cities in the beginning, if I remember correctly, uh, uh, or maybe it's Dawn of Sorrow. You, uh, in Dawn of Sorrow, you might walk around in a city, but I know I just mean for like cutscenes. I know there's no like you're not walking around right. In in Aria of Sorrow, which I recently played through, the only time you're outside of the castle is you're walking up the steps to the shrine, your childhood friend shrine, mm-hmm. to see this eclipse, and then you're transported in. So right. it's, it's so are you technically are in a city, I guess, but yeah. they don't really show much of it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, like I said, I played I played Daria Sar Daria, our Dawn of Sorrows. Jeez. <laughs> Daria of Sorrows. It's where you're in a angsty teenager, angsty teenage girl <laughs> spinoff from Beavis and Butthead. Uh, Dawn of Sorrows. Um, and the thing I remember most about Dawn of Sorrows, I remember it being a great game, is the fact that I own two copies of it. Did why did you own two? Because I got the second one as a gift, and I've still it's still in the plastic. Really? Yes. 
So I've got the one that I could take out and play because it was such a good game. But the second one I got was it was the Konami Classics version. Ah. The Konami Classics was kind of like how, you know, like PlayStation started it with the, at least I think PlayStation started with the greatest hits. Yeah, I think I think PlayStation started. And then that kind of uh, stuff. Xbox had their platinum hits and Nintendo has their, now that's their Nintendo selects, it would like slightly change the cover of the game, give it like mm-hmm. a different frame. And this one was the dumbest one ever. Uh-huh. So most games, it's like a, it's like an extra thing on the side. Like the greatest hits for PlayStation was like a red banner across the top instead of a black banner. This game took a picture of the game, <laughs> zoomed out, cropped it a little bit to the side, and then pasted it back on there. That's stupid. And it's not just the game cover art, like you would think, the game's cover art. No, it's like someone took a picture of the box. <laughs> Like so like the Nintendo DS the thing Nintendo on the DS side? is on the side, and it's zoomed out, and you can even see the black pe- plastic on the side. It's like, it's like literally like someone took a screenshot of like the Amazon page, like product picture. <laughs> he probably did. Zoomed out, <laughs> turned it a little bit sideways, and then put it back on. So you still have the Nintendo DS binding on the regular side of the case, and then you have it again crooked on the front of the case. And it says like Konami Classics across the top. It's the dumbest looking... <laughs> And that's the only, I, I, that might be the only game they did it to. I could God, be wrong. I hope so. But I still have that still in the plastic because it was so dumb that it's it's perfect. <laughs> that's amazing. That's that's. I, I hope it's worth tons of dollars someday. <laughs> it would be great. I I feel like if it's the a second edition, maybe not. Maybe but, not. But but maybe the the uh, maybe you actually are the only one with the stupid crooked box art, and all the others are normal, and you're the only one who got. No, you can you can Google search it and find it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I that's great. Of all my video games, there's only two that I still have in the plastic, and both are dumb. But if they ever are worth money, who's going to be laughing then? <laughs> uh, not me. It'll the guy, be you. <laughs> the guy with Konami Classic Dawn of Sorrow and. Uh, Bomberman X Zero for the Xbox 360. That's the guy who's going <laughs> to be that a really bad one. Oh, that was the worst one. <laughs> I never even played. Like I said, it's still in the plastic. I never cracked it open to try it out. But that was the super crazy, ultra realistic looking one. Oh right, yeah, yeah. I, I had heard the Xbox 360 Bomberman was pretty terrible. Yeah, <laughs> but I have it, and it's still in the plastic. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so there is one other thing I'd like to mention about the music that I almost forgot. So I. Uh, is a is a really cool thing. Uh, Michiru Yamane, uh, who did the music for Symphony of the Night, uh, Aria of Sorrow, and I, to the best of my knowledge, pretty much most of the uh, Game Boy Advance, Castlevania, the Metroidvania games. Oh wow, that box art I just, is terrible. Just pulled up the box art for Craig. That is, I mean, I mean, the box art is great. Yeah, it, it looks great. It's it's anime instead of the the, the traditional uh, style. We'll make the the cover of this episode be that. <laughs> Just so you, everybody That's can so see. So bad. It. Why would you do that to them? But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Michiru Yamane uh, is doing the music for the new uh, Bloodstained yep. game, uh, and she's working with two other people that I thought were were kind of you know nice contenders that I wanted to bring up to you. Okay. So she's working with Ipo Yamada and Jake Kaufman. Jake Kaufman of Shovel Knight. Yeah, Jake Kaufman of Shovel Knight is helping with Bloodstained, and Ipo Yamane, or I'm sorry, Ipo Yamada. I apologize. Ipo Yamada worked on Mega Man 9 and Mega Man 10. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome, right? <laughs> yes. I thought that was a really, really great lineup of composers. Yeah, the, uh, the NT Creates uh, team. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I thought that was really, really uh, great. I, I, like I thought that was really cool. You I know, like that a lot. It's relative so, to my internets. Yeah, so uh, uh, for our listeners, you know... Uh, you know the Castlevania series is well dead. You know it's it's kind of like Mega Man. It's it's yeah. not around much these days, and it's probably not going to be around much ever, which is a shame. But I uh, but I mean, it's going mean, to live on. Lord of Shadows came out not that long ago, right? That's a that's a Castlevania. Our listeners can't tell, but I'm glaring angrily <laughs> at Xander. Oh, you could hear it in your voice. <laughs> but I uh, but no, I, I I we've not talked a ton about the game as a whole. But uh, uh, do you remember, are there any like souls that you remember in particular you have a lot of fun with in, in Aria of Sorrow? I, honestly, it's been way too long. I, I don't remember. But I I did I played through the game at least twice. Okay. Because I, I enjoyed it so much and then played Dawn of Sorrow and then I decided I wanted to play Aria of Sorrow again. Uh-huh. Um, and, it's the, and I would say those, that series, like once they hit into that, because it had Aria of Sorrow, Dawn of Sorrow, was there another in the series that, that Not had with Soma, Soma Cruz. Cruz? Yeah, no more but it was another character from... Wasn't it a, one of the other side characters, maybe? 
That could be. I know, uh, or no, I'm thinking Portrait of Ruin was the next one, wasn't it? I don't know if it was the next one, but that was another yeah, one. Yeah, that was another one that I played, and it just didn't have the soul-capturing aspect, which was really cool. Yeah, it's it's such a cool system. If it's you, so if, neat. And if you are going to play through the Game Boy or the portable, like the Nintendo portable uh, Castlevania games, Aria slash Dawn of Sorrow is the pinnacle of that, yeah. that set. So if you... They're all good. Don't get me wrong. Right, yeah. They're all pretty great. Even Portrait of, uh, Portrait of Ruin, which takes a minute to get into... But it's still a ton of fun. Yeah, I thought it was pretty solid. It's really good, but it just doesn't match. Yeah. The Ari of Sorrow. It, it does Sorrows. It really doesn't. I I feel like, you know, if 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 you're one of our listeners and you really like the Castlevania games, especially the Metroidvania style yeah, Castlevania if you, games. If you love Symphony of the Night and haven't done haven't played any of these other games, you're doing everything wrong. Yeah, yeah. Ari of Sorrow, I put forth is the best Castlevania game. But at the very least, it's one of the best. Dawn of Sorrow is great as well. Yeah. But the other uh, market that I think this capitalizes, aside from Castlevania and Metroidvania fans, is if you play Final Fantasy and you love blue magic, you oh, love yeah. getting all the enemy abilities, absolutely give this a try because being able to use all the enemy's powers, like every enemy, bosses, every single enemy in the game gives you a soul. Yep. And it's 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 awesome. It's so much fun. I I. I think one of my playthroughs, I did an all-knife playthrough. So all my abilities, all the souls I had were knife-based. So, like, uh, I, I threw knives in the distance, and I had a, a knife as a weapon. I did another playthrough where it was all fireball-based. So I had, like, a fire shield. I threw fireballs. I had a fire sword. It's pretty cool. Well, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aria of Sorrow sold poorly in Japan. Yeah, I thought that was really only weird. 27,000 units. Uh, nearly one month after its, re- after its release, but it was commercially successful in the U.S. with more than 158,000 units sold in the three months following its release. Yeah, it's it's crazy that Japan didn't take up on this game. Like, they didn't yeah. go for it. And maybe that's a reason why we only had Aria of Sorrow, Dawn of Sorrow, and then Soma Cruz was gone. You know, that we've not seen yeah. any other... We Well, we didn't see any other games with him, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I to me, Soma Cruz is just as iconic as, like, you know, Simon Belmont, you know, yeah. it's because I love these games so Alucard. much. Alucard. You Alucard, know? And there yeah. was a Belmont in this game. Yes. Uh, I think his name was Julius Belmont. Julius Belmont, yeah, I believe, is correct. Yeah, he's an amnesiac uh, person. He, he's and he's like your buddy memory. until he finds out that you're reincarnated as Dracula. <laughs> and he hates your guts. Yeah, Julius Belmont. Yeah. Someone meets Jay, who reveals he is Julius Belmont, the man who defeated Dracula in 1999. As he leaves, he remarks of knowing something about the current situation, but does not elaborate. Yeah, the and then uh, uh, the other side character, uh, which Yoko, Hammer, Arikado, and Julius. Yeah, uh, Genya Arikado. Which the first time I played through, I didn't quite catch. But when you listen to his last name, Arikado. Oh, Alucard. Yeah, there you go. It's Alucard. Yep. Yep, yep that's always fun. <laughs> Right? Just like you're like, Alucard, what's that? And you're like, oh, it's Dracula backwards. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this game uh, has scored pretty well. Always for, like, the lowest score I see is an 8.6 out of 10 from GameSpot, uh, 36 out of 40 from Mitsu, B plus from 1up.com. Other than that, it's all nines and uh, nines, 4.5s, all that. Yeah, a 36 out of 40 on Famitsu is pretty dang good. Yeah. They're, I mean, I don't know about more recently, but at least back in the day, they were pretty notorious about being real uptight about their scores. Yeah. Yeah, I, this, yeah, Ari of Sorrow was very good. Uh, granted, it's been a long time since I've played it, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. Really, really reinvigorated my love for the Castlevania series. Yeah, it's kind of the 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 game that kind of jump started me into Castlevania. I never really was that into the yeah. other Castlevanias, you know. If I could take off my my nostalgia glasses, I might agree with you that that it's the best best of the series. But it's so hard to take those glasses off for <laughs> Symphony of the Night. Oh yeah, that, I, that everyone being, loves that. It. Being said, have you played Symphony of the Night? I've played it. I've never completed it. What is wrong with you? Well, you see, I played it. And you couldn't collect souls. So? <laughs> I just, it t- turned me off a little bit. But that voice acting. Die, monster. <laughs> there is no need for you in this world. It was not by my hands that I'm once again given flesh. I was called here by humans who wish to pay me tribute. Tribute? You steal men's souls and make them your slaves. What is a man? A miserable little pile of secrets. 
But enough talk. Have at you. I want you all to know that was not scripted. That's just how much we love that intro. <laughs> it's so bad. I love it. It's so terrible, but it's so good. And like the the terrible echo effects. <laughs> the voices when he goes, tribute. You steal men's souls and make them your slaves. Oh, man. Yeah, it's the old, old PlayStation voice acting is so terrible. It, I, I don't know if there's a single moment where it was good. No, they were all great. <laughs> <laughs> They're so bad. That could be a whole, almost a whole episode on its own. Yeah, yeah we, we'll save that for another time. But uh, you were almost a jail sandwich. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> don't worry about me. I've got this. <laughs> oh, oh, so man. bad. Uh, anything else on Aria of Sorrow? I I would definitely recommend it for those who haven't played it. You can get it on the Wii U's Virtual Console. Mm-hmm. I I absolutely would just plead with you to get it. It's so good. And as you're collecting all those souls, and you think to yourself, "Hey, what am I doing with my soul? I I'm not using it for anything important." You just get a hold of Craig. You can get Aria of Sorrow on eBay for as cheap as eight fifty five. Wow, that's uh, I, if you're looking for a physical cart, I think that's that's a steal. It is. It really is. Uh, and if for whatever reason you're having trouble finding it on uh, online, uh, Craig can always hook you up. I can find a way. There's there's some way to to get it. It's probably cheaper than uh, than spending dollars on it. Really. I, it really is. Really, kind of. It really is. Know? So. Uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for Aria of Sorrow. Uh, definitely check it out. It's uh, highly recommended. Can't be recommended enough by the two of us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so we will jump into our Retro Relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. Retro Relapse for this week was Solomon's Key for the Nintendo. Solomon's Key. And it pains me to not actually do a full episode on this, uh, but really, there's not a lot to go on. Like, not a ton. It would be a very short, so it feels perfect to be done on retro relapse. Um, Solomon's Key is a game that I'd never even heard of until the Wii was released. Yeah, uh, when <clears throat> when the Wii came out, I I remember being really excited, mostly honestly about the virtual console being mm-hmm. able to download old video games i thought that was a really cool neat thing and right. i had saved up a bunch of money and i i was gonna buy a whole bunch of those games and so i saw solomon's key and i was like oh i've never ever heard of this game i've never played it i don't know anything about it and didn't you skip it no i downloaded it the okay. very first day i because i remember the when i when i first played it was at, at, at another friend of mine's house and i was like Solomon's Key, what is this? And then I was hooked. <laughs> like, I, I sat there and played it all night. Like, it was a brand, you gotta keep in mind, this is like the launch of the new system. Uh-huh. And we're all excited for, like, we got Excite Truck, we got Twilight Princess, we've got all these other great games, and the Wii was revolutionary at the time. Oh, like, yeah, it was crazy. I remember playing Excite Truck for the first time at, at the GameStop in uh, 12 Oaks Mall and just feeling like this is like learning to play video games all over again. <laughs> This is going to change my life. This system, <laughs> oh my god! And I played Solomon's Key all night. <laughs> I I had the opposite uh, situation. I I did download Solomon's Key right off the bat, mm-hmm. and I had downloaded like you know I think it was like Mario Brothers, and, right? You know a few other uh, uh, big name games. I think uh, I could be wrong, but I think the TurboGrafx sixteen games were. I think there were available a couple of off the bat. Yeah, like yeah. Bonk's Adventure, which I played as a kid, and so. I, I turn on Solomon's Key and I'm like, okay, this is a Nintendo game I've never played before. And I get if to it's exper- on the forefront of Virtual Console. It has to be iconic. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And then the music starts up, and it's great music. It's great. It's amazing. The the music is like, oh, I'm like, oh, this is this is awesome. I, I yeah, listen to it. Listen to it. The music's great. And I'm thinking, like, oh, this has got to be good. And, and it turns out it's like a weird action puzzle game. And I was like, well, this isn't this isn't like an RPG. This isn't... I mean, it's called Solomon's Key. I'm not, I'm not sure if our listen, listeners are familiar, but Solomon is the, the old ancient king from the Bible who bound demons to him. 
I, I thought it was going to be metal. <laughs> I thought it was going to be so metal. And, and it's and you just you're you're this little wizard boy named Dana. Yep. And you you freeze fairies and you go through a dungeon, a labyrinth, if you will. Yeah, uh, this game, and I'm going to read this directly from the Wikipedia page just because it kind of sums up a ton of stuff. Uh, the game is generally recognized as one of the most difficult games to appear on the NES. The player, controlling a sorcerer known only as Dana, most ov must overcome unlimited enemy spawning, challenging level designs, a countdown timer, instant death from any physical contact with enemies, and a limited way to dispatch enemies. In addition, it is easy for players to unintentionally render the levels unwinnable while playing them. <laughs> it's pretty tough. There is no saving. So if all lives are lost at level 49, which is the penultimate level, um, the game has to be restarted from the beginning. Yep. How far would you say you've gotten, Sandra? Because I, I think I've gotten to like level 7 to 10 or something like that. I, maybe it. even a little further, yeah. I, but I've, I'm not that into the game. I'd say I've made it at least to um, probably the mid-20s. Oh, okay. So I've, pretty, made, a, I've made a decent amount of way, and and of course it also helps the the NES ha or the Wii having the um, save state. Well, the original Wii didn't have save state so much as it just saved yeah. where you last were playing. Yeah. But in the the Wii U, yeah, and then the 3DS, which the, is yeah. another way that we have it. There are save states, which has definitely got to make it a lot easier because you can always just save yeah. before a level and then give it a shot. Uh, you know? So this this game, it's it's there are fifty levels or fifty eight because there are some hidden levels and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, and the idea is like you you have you start off you press up to jump, you can throw fireballs if you find spells. Oh yeah, that's right. You have a limited amount of fireballs. Uh, other than that, you you press A and you swing your wand and a, bl a block appears. Yep. And you can jump on the blocks. You can hit them with the top of your head. You have to jump twice at them to break them. Uh, enemies can bounce into them and break them. You yep. can trap enemies. You can do all sorts of stuff. You can dispel the blocks or you can bring them up. And you're trying to find the keys to open the doors for the levels and you keep going through. And the ending of the game actually changes based on how many uh, levels you or how many of the secret levels and whatnot you found. Um, let's see. It says there are 64 levels in total, of which 15 are secret and one is the final level. The main 48 levels are divided into four groups, with one group for each of the 12 zodiac constellations. Uh, the final level is called Solomon's Room. Each constellation has a secret bonus room, which can only be accessed by finding a seal of the constellation in the last uh, room of the group. Um, the other three levels are the Page of Time, the Page of Space, and the Princess Room, which occur only if the player has acquired the hidden seals of Solomon. And there are certain hidden areas you can only get to if you break the blocks in a certain way. So you really got to put in some time with this game to, to really complete it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's time that I'm not willing to spend on it, honestly. <laughs> uh, but I, but it's, no, it's it's... I will say that I, I I had a great deal of fun just watching you play yeah. years ago. There's the, yeah, there was a a couple of times where there were just certain games that I didn't care what you what the rest of you guys were doing on our Thursday nights. Like <laughs> like we would be eating dinner, or there was the end of the night, and I just like I jumped over from the bar over to the couch mm -hmm. and would start playing games, and you guys would just like be okay with me playing these dumb monotonous games but just watching them and yeah. just commenting on them yeah it, it was honestly I, I i do really enjoy watching my friends play video games it's it's a lot of it's, it's a lot of fun to to see how they play and mm -hmm. you know different you know different styles of gameplay and stuff but it's especially for something like solomon's key which is an interesting game to watch just because there's so much going on there's so many different little puzzles but it's just not a game i'm all that interested in playing myself you right. know uh, so yeah, Solomon's Key is again one of my favorites. There's only one song really in the entire game. <laughs> it's a good one though, and you've heard it. And yeah, it's one of those that I forget about every once in a while, and it creeps into my head, and I can't stop singing it or just like whistling or humming along to it for days. Um, yeah, it's it's the its song is really good. Yeah, you know, the the one song it's got going for it is good. So if you if you have to listen to one song through an entire game. You At least do it's worse. that one. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely do worse. It's it's a good one. It beats the uh, the Donkey Kong like or the Donkey Kong Junior. It was like do 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 do. No, you get a whole beautiful arrangement. Yeah, it's it's well done. I, you know, not to disparage Donkey Kong Junior. At all, I really do shout out Donkey Kong Junior. Just shout him out. Shout out. Word. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna wrap up our retro relapse. Unless there's any other fun bits about uh, Dana and Solomon's key you'd like to share. He was a king who bound demons <laughs> to him. 
And we got a little a little pasty boy who uh, <laughs> the creates bricks I do, a lot. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Uh-huh. When that game, when you had it on Virtual Console, we were all over. Uh, you and Sean were pretty pretty rough on this game and i was yeah. like you guys are idiots this game's great <laughs> yeah and sean and i were like this is stupid and we ate it and xander's like no no guys you gotta give it another chance it's like a uh, time pilot do you remember time pilot time pilot it was uh it was an old arcade old konami arcade game that i had for 360 and it was just you were a plane run like flying around and shooting stuff and oh, i was yeah. determined to get the perfect game that's right and every time you like you would kill a certain amount of ships and you'd go through a time portal and you'd be in a different time that's right it was the dumbest thing in the world but i was so determined to get it <laughs> and you guys were just like watching me play the whole time like this is the dumbest thing why are why are we still sitting here watching you do this like that puzzle quest like so many just dumb monotonous games that i got so into i i distinctly remember and you playing puzzle quest and just getting really mad at us when i'm just like this plot's stupid like, let's fight this ogre. Hey, let's have a puzzle competition to fight this ogre. The puzzle quest is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Solomon's Key, it, it comes recommended if you're into, like, a platformer puzzle game. Yes, which platformers I friggin' love. So oh, I love it's platformers. it's a challenging platformer, that's... Yeah. Can't recommend it enough? Yeah. <laughs> Xander can't recommend it enough. I... There, can you can recommend, you can recommend it, recommend enough. it <laughs> enough times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that wraps up our retro relapse. We'll now go into our RPG protagonist battle for this week. Ah, yes. I'll let you go first for once. It means a lot to me. No problem. I got to remember my thing because I, uh, I don't have my laptop. <laughs> Again? So I think the last time I chose Sofa. Sofa. Sofa from Kingdom Hearts. The Sofa King, if you will. I will. <laughs> uh, so this week, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, hit hard and go with Shepard from Mass Effect. Really? I'm going to go Shepard. I think Shepard is a really neat character because he's you. He's whatever you want to make him. Uh, when I played uh, Mass Effect, as an aside, he was a really great guy. He was Paragon. He was an awesome dude. Everyone else I knew chose uh, Renegade. Renegade, yep. Renegade, because they wanted to punch out the report. Renegade for life, Paragon till death. <laughs> You've ruined it. You've ruined it, and I'm leaving. <laughs> nice DVZ abridged uh, reference there. Uh, yeah, Shepard is uh, pretty cool. I only really know him very well from the first game, but uh, uh, he was in Mass Effect One, Two, and Three, of course. And uh, yeah, he's—I mean—he's whatever you want him to look like, or. She's whatever you want her to look like. Right. You know, it's a, a genderless kind of main character that you can do whatever with. And I actually just chose Shepard's default look as a male when I played through. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I made, I decided, you know what? I'm going to make Shepard a really cool, upstanding dude. And I did. He was a really great guy. Everyone loved him. He didn't punch out reporters. <laughs> Fought with pistols. Fought with yeah, I purposely fought with pistols because I wanted uh, to make him like James Bond. So I pumped up all of his. I think it was charisma. I don't know if that was what the stat was I don't called. Remember. It's been a while. Yeah, it's it, whatever made people like you. I, yeah. I did charisma pistols, and that was it. And everybody, everybody loved Shepard. He was like the James Bond of space until the second game, and then he didn't have pistols. <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? No, not for Craig. Um, so it's hard to go up against a character who was the flagship for a trilogy that everybody, well, the first two games that everybody loved and the third game that everybody tolerated. <laughs> and then the recent fourth game that everybody's uh, loved, loves to hate yeah. or hates to love. Who knows? One or the other. Um, and I kid you not, because I'm going off of memory, I was going to do Rex. Really? <laughs> and <laughs> That's then you're great. like, Shepard. I'm like, ah, I can't do that. No, you should. No. I mean, Rex can't. might win. I, I would vote for you Rex. Yeah, no, screw it. I'll save this. I had another character pulled up. I was even going to just, just uh, you know, I had a page for it. I was going to talk about him. But yeah, let's see how this goes. Let's see how people feel versus, of Shepard versus Erdnot Rex. Rex is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Rex was the, uh, what is their race? Um, I always forget. Krogan? Krogan, yes. Krogan. The warrior battle race. who are, awesome. Who are facing the genophage, which is a disease that just straight up wipes out their entire race. Um, and they're just like pissed all the time and just Shepard, you better know what you're doing. Like <laughs> I, I I will say my only not necessarily a beef, but kind of a concern with Rex, if you will, 
and he's really, really fixated on the fact that he has four genitalia. Like an echidna. Yeah. I don't remember that. He there's a lot of cutscenes where when you talk to Rex, he was one of my main characters I used, yeah. and I, I think I gave him a shotgun. Oh, of course, yeah, it was great. What, what else are you gonna give? <laughs> no, nothing else. <laughs> I gave him a shotgun, told him to run to the front lines and wreck things. Hold the line. <laughs> yeah, yes. Love isn't always on time. <laughs> it's so, not in the way that you hold me. <laughs> it's not in the way you say you're mine. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh <no>. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, that was uh, Toto's Hold the Line, as sang by the characters <laughs> in Mass Effect. <laughs> but uh, I, I just feel like there would be a lot of times I'd like walk up to Rex and be like, oh, hey, Rex, what's going on? Like Between missions, I'd be like, well, what are you up to? I Rex? got four wings. <laughs> He's like, Shepard, Shepard, I, I have four testicles, Shepard. And I was like, God, I, I know, Rex. I, you don't need to keep telling me that. And he'd be like, I, I just thought you might have forgotten, Shepard. I would argue the only character greater than than Rex in all of the uh, in all of Mass Effect mm-hmm. was the entire race of Elcor. The Elcor. Elcor were the weird like things that like stood on all fours and had like a weird kind of like Cthulhu mouth and just spoke their emotions to oh, you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were so good. But they were like completely like Ben Stein monotone. Yeah, totally monotone. <laughs> totally flat. Enthusiastic voice. How are you, Shepard? <laughs> like, I loved the Elcor. The Elcor were pretty great. There I'm... was even like an elevator. Like when you were riding the elevator, there was always a tease of like Elcor putting on like Shakespearean plays. And I was like, please make that a thing. <laughs> like just put it on the internet. That's all I want is these Elcor standing there. <laughs> Devastated response. No. If only the poison would kill me. Like, <laughs> that would be the best. Uh, I love Elcor. Yeah, Elcor are pretty great. Let's all just agree that Elcor win, but you still have to choose between Shepard and Rex. Yeah, you do. Shepard, who's whoever you want, like whatever, no big deal, or Rex, a guy who takes a stand with all four of his balls and tells you <laughs> who he is, and you have to accept him. He's also a registered sex offender for the amount of times he talks about his testicles. <laughs> So you can go with the registered sex offender or Shepard. Who punches the media. But he doesn't have to. And sells is such a sellout that every store in the Citadel is his favorite. I can't. I don't have a defense also, for that. Also, if I remember correctly, set up the genophage. Could have saved. Could have saved the Krogan. And says, nah, bro. Gets rid of him. I made sure to save the Krogan. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> they were pretty great. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> So it's the votes in your hand. It Who's is. better between Shepard and Rex? Mm-hmm. So go on to our Facebook group page, Legend of Retro. Join in. Send us a request to uh, to be accepted so that we can stop getting spam accounts coming in. Um, <laughs> and then be a part of it. We talk about stuff all there. We post uh, cool ve- retro gaming news as often as we can find it. Uh, and we have these uh, little votes. So yep. make history with us. Please do do it uh and that's gonna wrap up this episode of the legend of retro we want to thank the detroit beard collective who gives you some money off of some money if you spend it yep. and say mc gaming at checkout 20 percent off of orders, 25 dollars <laughs> not to riddle this with uh dragon ball z abridged references but just reminded me of uh, goku <laughs> trying to say uh <laughs> in this day <laughs> in prickle wednesday <laughs> Three miles off the coast of North South. South. <laughs> uh, but yes, Detroit Beard Collective helps us out, uh, so we want to help them out. So go see them, get some stuff to make your bird, your bird, your beard look pretty. Your birdie, <laughs> your bird's beard, birdie. That's how birds. I see hey. birds. Beardy, you haven't got a beard. It's another classic game we can go on and on about. Good old Conquerors for a day. Oh yeah, that's something to chat about in the future. Uh, also check out Patreon. You can uh, support us here, help us get all sorts of cool new things, make all sorts of new shows like the GameZilla Alpha podcast, which is uh, given early to Patreon subscribers um, and then made uh, available for everybody else on Sundays. Check That's out neat. the GameZilla podcast on uh, Monday nights through streaming on Twitch and uh, available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all those fun spots on Tuesday. And, of course, The Legend of Retro is available every single Thursday. Best day of the week. That's right. <clears throat> it is. It I is, mean, isn't it? Yeah, it's D&D and Legend of Retro. I never thought about how great Thursdays are. 
Thursday is the best day I of the week. I take it for granted. Is you, it Thursday you yet? You do. No. I mean, it is for our listeners. Well, yeah. So that's Unless cool. you listen to it on Friday, like some kind of weirdo. <laughs> Weirdos. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Legend of Retro Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you next time when the legend continues.